Good morning. And welcome in to the Blitz live here on Fan Run Radio. Live on the White Claw Hard Seltzer Studios. Charlie Collier, Sam Beard here with you for the next couple of hours. Sorry, Sam, you really threw me off. Right before we went on air, you said another Amber Alert, and then I, I hadn't gotten mine yet, so I've just been staring at my phone, like, waiting for it to pop up. Yeah, that's kind of concerning. Waiting for the... Just that big buzz. That Why'd you get one? I, did. I, I don't know. I mean, I just looked at my phone, and it was just going there. I didn't get the buzz either, though. Did you get the one from last night? Too? I did, yeah. Oh, I was going to say, you maybe, that one? maybe you're just super late. No, I did I, get the one last night. What's it say? It's in Knoxville. This one's also in Knoxville. Was the la- was last night's in Knoxville? Yeah. Well, that's not good. Two was it a, a Tennessee Silver Alert? Because there was one of those that was just issued recently. Uh, no. No. Should I give out like the tag number on here? Yeah, we're gonna find these guys. BMM five zero three eight. If you see that around town. Oh, that's the same one from last night. Oh, is it? So I maybe guess. it's still an ongoing thing? Yeah. They're looking for uh, a William Dylan Ursay, or Usry. Oh, I was going to say. Apparently he has uh, Holly Piper. That's not good. He's driving a 1999 Dodge Caravan with a rusty roof. I feel like that's got to be pretty... That sounds pretty specific to me, you know, and a 99 like, Dodge Caravan yeah, is probably are, pretty I, hard I to find on the road a, in a general. A ton of 99 Caravans with rusty roofs. And then you add in a rusty roof and that really narrows things down. Yeah, rusty roof. That also sounds like the name of a TV character. Rusty roof. Rusty roof. Yeah, it does. And like a uh, I feel like that could be an extra an extra in Yellowstone. Rusty. Rusty hey, you go on over to Rusty Roof's house and let him know I sent you. Yeah, go ahead and let go ahead and let Rusty know that tomatoes should be ripening up this week. He can come by and get himself a, a basket. Or just any guy named Rusty should start a roofing company. Rusty's Roofing Company. Rusty's Roofs. 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 Rusty's. Ah. I don't know. Does that just get the idea that? He's just like installing rusty roofs, though. Roofs, roof. Mm. Ro- I, you think the product's gonna be? Can't rusty. say that word anymore. It's gone. <laughs> it it no longer exists. But uh, Thursday, February twenty third. Is this a leap year? That's a good question. I don't know. I feel like we haven't had a good leap year in a while. It's not a leap year. Well, so not a leap year. I don't so like leap years. We're really. Why do we have that? Uh, Well, why do we have it? We need it. Every year, we build up a little extra time. Like, it's not perfectly 365 days. So to make up for that extra time, every fourth year, we need an extra day. I don't like that. But if you think about it, that means birthday shift, kind of. Well, no. Birthday shift don't shift. You were still born on the same day, but the day that you turn another year older changes. Okay. So, like, if you're 20 right now, 
I think you should be able to drink like four days earlier. Depending on how many leap years you've been through, you've earned extra days. Four days days. earlier, okay. You've earned extra (laughs) days, right? So I'm currently 23. I've turned 24 in April. I've probably been through, I don't know, four, three, four leap years. Maybe four leap years. That means that technically when I turn 24, wait, no, I've been through... I've been through like six leap years. So I'll turn 24 on the 26th, right? Or that's my birthday. Mm-hmm. But I'll turn 24 on like the 21st. <laughs> if you want to think about it like that, I guess, Charlie. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to think about it like that, but I do think about it like that because my brain is mean sometimes to me. Yeah. Um. So like, yeah, leap years. But anyway, we're almost on to February. That's kind of weird. We are we are less than a week away from conference tournaments. That's wild. Feels like college football just ended, honestly. Well, to be fair, it kind of did just because they play the national championship on a Monday night, yeah. eight million months after the season ends. But yeah, the uh, the Atlantic Sun Conference tournament, I want to say, starts on Monday. Wow. Um, that, that's right. What, what, what will, what will Monday be? I got to get watching on mid-major basketball then. Monday is February 27th. We'll have a sun championship first round games on Monday, the 27th. That is so soon. What time? We got a timeout yet? Not yet. That's only four days away, man. Yeah. And then guess what? On Tuesday, Patriot league first round, a mm. sun quarterfinal. Sunbelt first round, Horizon first round. Let's go. Those are some of your favorite leagues. Yeah. I, I mean, Hercules, uh, we get the Big South first round starting the Wednesday, Northeast starting Wednesday. Oh, my gosh. I, like, I, I'm, I'm aroused. <laughs> I don't need it's- to go to National RX. I have mid-major conference <laughs> tournaments. <laughs> I mean, I can't tell you how excited I am right now. That is, in my opinion, right, the best three months of the year. I didn't mean to say months. I meant to say weeks. Weeks, yeah. Let me backtrack. The best three weeks of the year. We should give you a a mid-major segment here for the next couple days. Okay. You just give us like a breakdown of sleepers and the mid-majors. We can do that. Yeah. We can do that. Uh, I mean, I, I get to decide what we talk about every day, so. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we can we can give a mid-major breakdown. We can do that on Monday. Okay. To the celebrate, start of, the, to start celebrate of, the start of conference tournaments. Okay, I like that. Or, better yet, just each day a conference tournament starts, I'll just give you a two-minute mini-preview. <laughs> so, on Monday, we'll start off slow with the with the Atlantic Sun, but on Tuesday, we're really ramping things up. Okay. With our, with our tournament previews. Um, but the best three weeks of the year, it starts next Monday, the two weeks of championship week, the Monday through or Sunday through Saturday, Sunday through Saturday. That is two weeks where every conference plays their tournament and it's like 40 something tournaments and you get all your auto bids. It's not actually 40, but you know what it is. And then the next week after that, 
where you have the bracket revealed, the lead-up to that, the first four games in Dayton, the first and second rounds, that Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, that three-week stretch to me is unmatched by any three weeks in the calendar year. I think it, it extends like beyond that, maybe into like the next month and a half almost, because you just... But, but really, though, like those specific three weeks more than anything, too. I was, I was just going to bunch the Masters in there, dude. When you get the lead-up of March Madness and you you know, you know you start watching these mid-major conference tournaments, there it's like the middle of the day. You start getting sports back in the middle of the day, I feel like. Now we've, we've gotten into the lull where you know maybe, maybe you get some good college basketball games at night and stuff, but you're not really getting some, some midday sports. And then now you can start getting some some weird college basketball games that start at like eleven o'clock or something like that. You get some, you get the Masters coming in now. You can watch that all day long. It's just we're getting in uh, the springtime. March is is one of those hotbeds of sports. Just a beautiful month, March and April. When you can watch daytime basketball with not only like it just being on TV. Like just a you know eleven a.m. here on ESPN two. It's a, it's a big South quarterfinal game, but when it, when it has high stakes, because mm-hmm. this that I, I love the mid major tournament so much. It's so dumb, so dumb. The fact that you can go like fourteen and two in your conference and be a dominant team all year long, and then you know you could get into the conference tournament and the quarterfinal. Ricky Clemens from from Campbell could could drop forty five on your head and knock you out, and your season's over. And the team that went like five and, and thirteen in conference play can go to the NCAA tournament. That's dumb, but I don't care it's because it's awesome. It is beautiful. Yeah, the fact that there is just so much desperation in every single game. It is. Yeah, it's the best time of the year. I cannot wait. So that starts on Monday. I bet every single game last year. Yeah, you doing that again? Yeah, I am. Okay. And when I say every single game, no, I know it was it was I literally mean, every single game. Like. Let me let me do some math here. 177 plus 132 is 309. I uh I bet on 309 basketball games in 2 weeks and I went 177 and 132. Yeah, that's very good for mid-major basketball. I'm sure that's a that's better than anyone else out there that's literally betting every single game for mid-major basketball. I don't know how I'm going to follow it up. I I don't know how you 178 follow up and 131. Is that we just were, the goal is to beat 177? Yeah. I don't know if the same if there's the same amount of games this year, but okay, we'll just we'll have a better winning percentage. Okay, we can do that. That's a pretty high winning day. percentage though to start off. Yeah, I don't know. Like that's that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't, I don't know if you can get better up. than that. It's gonna be really challenging to follow up. Um, man, best time of the year. It feels wonderful outside. Mm-hmm. It's already Friday, Junior. Could not ask for much more uh, on this Thursday here on the Blitz. And coming up on the other side, we're gonna head over to the Big Orange Philly phone lines. We got a call from Roberto to start the show. So we'll catch a break, and then we'll go straight to Roberto. Stay with us here on the Blitz. Let's try 1998. Well, we're not going to guess it out loud and just expose. <laughs> I don't know who's coming in and, you know, 
stealing coming our, into the station and taking the taking the laptop that, that we use to record the podcast. Somebody might be probably worth a lot of money. Hold up, I got a guess. There's no chance you're guessing this right. I just got in. Really? Just got in. We're good. Wow. We are good. All right, podcast is back rolling. Uh, everyone can quit panicking now. Show's back on. We're good. And we're going to head over to the Big Orange Philly phone lines. Uh, Roberto, is he still there hanging with he is. us? Yeah, we got Roberto. Well, I actually made him wait for a little bit longer than I meant to. So uh, it's over the Big Orange Philly phone lines. I got a call from Roberto. Top of the morning, gents. I'm sure everybody's so ecstatic that they get to hear me on the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> well, make, you know, yeah. make all their days. Just before you got on, you know, let, let, let everyone hear you. Yeah. 100% that pen is 1998. Everybody knows it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> you were talking about earlier, uh, you, you were talking about Leap Year, right? Uh, I had already called in by that point, but uh, uh, Leap Year is interesting. Uh, it's because there's a quarter day every year, so mm. it's 365 and a quarter days per year. Okay. So we add it, and it's always a divisible of four. So it's always an even year, just so you know. And this isn't an even year, so that's how you would know that this is not a leap year. I wish we could just knock that quarter day off, to be honest. Boy, uh, yeah, but then I also—I mean, then, then you have to worry about how you fix daylight savings time, and that's never going to happen either. That's true. Uh, and then, uh, so a couple of years ago, I, you know, my wife and I had been—we've been married quite a while. I can't believe she keeps me around. Uh, but we've been married 5,000 days, or we were getting ready to be. And then I started doing the math. I was like, okay, I know we're coming up on it, blah, 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 blah. And I was going to do something real special and all that. And that, that was cool or whatever. And uh, it, was, it was, and I, was, I did all the math, and then I went, wait a minute, leap years. And we got married in a leap year, before leap year. <laughs> so I was like, oh, crap. Uh, and I started, and I was like, I have six hours to get this done. <laughs> So uh, yeah, you got you got to do all the factoring if you, if you want to know how long you've been doing something. So there you go. Um, uh, a minute ago, uh, I forget what you're talking about. It intrigued me, uh, and then it was so intrigued that I forgot. Uh, but that's uh, that's the life of a neurodivergent gentleman. Uh, was it mid major you know, basketball? Yeah, that's what it was. Thank you. <laughs> I love Friday nights. Hmm. You know why? Because the freaking Metro Atlantic takes center stage, baby. The uh, the Mac this year, Kent State. That's the Miac, right? Or is the Mac? Oh, How the, do you the say it? Mac. Yeah. So there you go. Because you get the Mac <laughs> and the Mac on Fridays, but the Metro Atlantic yeah. um, has been a blast. Is there any question that they are by far the best names? They have by far the best names, nicknames. Um, I mean, Bag. what you have, you have Quinnipiac, which just the first name. They're they're actually a normal mascot, but you yeah, you it's like the Bobcats or something. But then you got you got the Golden Griffins of Canisius, mm-hmm. right? You got the Jaspers of Manhattan. Peacock, like we could go on all day. It, it is the best nickname schools in all the country. You also got the Siena Saints, but then they just use a Saint Bernard as their Saint mascot. Bernard. Beautiful, yeah. And then Mount Saint Mary's. I don't even think they have a mascot. They just call themselves the Mount. Yeah, I um. Dude, great stuff. I, I yeah, ate Mexican awesome. one time at a restaurant like two minutes from their campus. It was really good, and it was uh, it was BYOB just to the restaurant. So shout out the Mount hmm. up in like Thurmont, <laughs> uh, Maryland. 
Well, I'm glad to know that you guys are as big a sheep for small-time basketball as I am. You talk about the A-Sun. There's some good basketball being played out there in the lower league. Um, they play real basketball. There's going to be some really dramatic basketball in the conference tournaments, too. Like, you just mentioned the A-Sun, for example, and Liberty has Darius McGee, who has been one of the better players in the country now for as long yep. as he's been in college. He gets 22 and a yep. half a game, and you know Liberty is this uh, perennial really good mid-major basketball team but then Kennesaw State beat them a couple Thursdays ago and in their time the owls the fighting owls of Kennesaw State you mean and that's an yeah and that's an owls team that had won like four or five games just a couple of years ago yep yep incredible stuff man this is is great every one of them is just so good you're right by the way uh you come a lot I come alive in the spring it's so great. I mean, you got Tennessee baseball kicking everybody's ass. That was great last night. Uh, Charlie four bags. We need to change. Uh, we need to change Charlie Taylor to Charlie four bags or Chucky four bags. Uh, all he does is hit diggers. Uh, but <laughs> I say that so tongue in cheek. Do you realize last night he had more hits in that game than he had had in his entire career combined <laughs> up to last night? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, you know, floodgates are open. <laughs> uh, in the first two hits, he had more total bases than he ever had in total in his career. Think about that. Yeah, just, I mean, the first home run he'd hit was like his third career hit, I believe, correct? Fourth? Uh, no, he's had, he had he already had like two or three coming into the game this year. Uh, so, and he had like two last year. So maybe he had like three or four, but yeah, his, his, his home run was, he had to triple before the home run anyways. Uh, but yeah, I mean... He's hit for the career cycle now because he had a double last year. He's hit for the career cycle. That's that's one of the reasons I wanted to call you guys. I didn't ask this uh, to anybody yesterday. Would you rather hit two home runs, a triple, and a single, or hit for the cycle? Which is which is more historic? Um, I mean, I would rather you know you take the the equation of the baseball game itself out of it. Obviously, I'd rather hit for the cycle. Um, he would go down in folklore legend. If he if he had just said nah, I'm good. The ball the ball must have hit the ground on the way out of the park. I'll just take my double. <laughs> Thank you. He would have been an all time legend if he had hit for the cycle. You guys realize that, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah, exactly. Like if you hit for the cycle on a Wednesday night against Alabama A and M, and you're Charlie Taylor, that's a performance people will remember three four years from now. We'll be joking around. It'll yeah. be a, another. February midweek game and, and and we'll be sitting there. Hey, remember when we were in hit the cycle? Remember when Chucky Fourbags hit Chucky the cycle? Bags, yeah, <laughs> hit for the cycle. But instead, it's just like, oh yeah, uh, he hit two home runs, a triple, and a single. That's a great in a game where we blew somebody out by twenty two runs. But uh, I actually went last night, guys. Uh, I know I don't think you guys are huge. I know we're in basketball, so I know you're not huge, huge baseball fans. Oh, but, I am. I'm man. a massive baseball guy. Oh uh, well. Our pitching staff is truly unbelievable. Mm-hmm. We had a midweek conglomeration of, of just kind of arms out of the bullpen, have a no-hitter into the fifth, I believe. The, uh, it was a no-no, the, the at least after four. The collection of arms that Tennessee has may be one of the best collections of arms of all time, if not the best. I mean, Chase Dolander is going to be a top three pick. Jace Burns in 2024, as long as he continues to show that yep. he can develop a secondary pitch, he'll be a top five pick in 2024. You have yep. even then. Beam will be a top. Beam will be a top first rounder. Drew Beam, uh, no question. Man. But then your secondary of 
Xander Seacrest and and Seth Halverson and you know. Oh, Halverson's got second round potential right, right now. If he comes back and he's healthy, he could go to the second round this year just because he's got electric stuff when he's on. Right, but like what I was getting to, like those two and Camden Sewell could make a three man rotation for oh, yeah. an above average SEC team. That right now would be Missouri's starting rotation on the weekend. And and then Wyatt Evans is a guy too that you know, we yep. we've talked to some me and Logan have with the nine twenty podcast have just like talked to some some uh, MLB draft guys, some like former scouts, whatever. They say that there's a lot of buzz for Wyatt Evans to potentially even, you know, find his way into the back end of the first round in 2024 too, just because he's well big. I've not guy. heard that. And you know, you got Andrew Lindsay too, right? I mean, like he's he was right. he was the best pitcher on his staff when he was at Charlotte or whatever. I mean, like we've taken the best pitcher from how many? We've taken the best pitcher from what four staffs and then coupled them essentially with three of our own. That's what we've done, and cobbled together. Cobbled together is probably a terrible phrase, but it's the right one. We've cobbled together the greatest pitching staff that's ever walked the field in college baseball. That's what it is. Yeah, I mean, you didn't even mention. No that. one could touch this. Like Jack Bimby over from from what Wabash Community College that won like fifty nine games last year, sixty games or whatever. That yeah. has some crazy. And he's stuff. and he's like a middle of the week yeah. rotation type guy. Xander Seacrest, really, I, I, when you mentioned that, I, he pitched really well last night. He's put on some weight. He's put on some upper body weight. I didn't recognize him when I walked into the game. He's put on a little weight. He looks good. Uh, but just, I, I, you know, if you're, not a, if you're not a college baseball guy, you probably don't understand. But this is like generational level stuff. And if you are a fan listening now, go see Tennessee play. And go watch them pitch. Even if you take your kids to an Alabama A and M game on a Wednesday night, it is totally worth it. They are dominant against everybody they play arm wise. You'll never see a pitcher come up against Tennessee, in my opinion, and have their starting pitcher be better than the starting pitcher we have going against them this year. And that's saying something. If you never have the, if you always have the best starting pitcher in the game, you're going to win 80-90% of those games just based on that fact. Guys, I hope you have a great day. Can't wait to talk uh, minor college hoops with you guys, mid-major <laughs> stuff. It's just the best. Uh, Charlie, I'm, I'm going to do what you did. I'm going to bet every single game tomorrow night in the, in the MAC. See ya. Good to talk to you as always, Roberto. Let's see, what MAC, MAC games do we have Friday night? <laughs> let's see, let's see. Sienna and Ryder. Hmm. That's actually a pretty big one. You don't seem excited. Um, I was just thinking about how I might need to. Uh, I might need to to bandwagon Sienna. See, Iona was supposed to to run away with that conference. Um, they were not even supposed to lose a game in that conference. Like even when he got into the the predictive matrix with Kim Palm and and whoever else, and they projected out this conference schedule, they projected Iona to literally go undefeated in their conference, and wow. they hit quite the rough patch in January. Uh, they won on a little stretch where they got beat by Quinnipiac by thirteen, uh, Sienna beat them by seventeen, um, and then in the end of. Pardon me. Uh, there was one other game that they dropped that was pretty bad too that I'm not seeing here now. But 
Iona's recovered. They're not blowing teams out anymore like like they used to. They've been playing close games some still, but Iona's taken back over first place. But then Sienna and Ryder are tied for second. So, I think I'm gonna have to ride with Sienna just just for that mascot. The Saints. I uh, I'm a Quinnipiac guy myself when it comes to preferred Mac teams. Okay, I thought it was Quinnipiac. I thought people always called it Quinnipiac. Quinnipiac? No, yeah. it's it's Quinnipiac. I mean. What a wild name in, in any ways, you know? I used to own a Quinnipiac's uh, basketball hoodie, actually. That's kind of bananas. I, uh, How did you get your hands on that? When I was growing up for a minute there, I got really into, like, well, yeah, I've always been from the, as long as long, as long as I can remember, I've been super into mid-major basketball and, like, FCS football and, like, group of five football, but... I used to get like really into teams with interesting names and mascots and color schemes. And Quinnipiac being the only school that started with a Q, I guess when I was like eight years old, I got really into them. I got really into them. South Dakota State, the Campbell Fighting Campbells, Wisconsin Stevens Point. Um, I want to say there was maybe one more. One more, too, but... I would watch their games and I would like build their teams and team builder and put them in NCAA football and I had like apparel for all of their schools. ULM. Yes, I loved the Warhawks too. All right, I like I like them too. Uh, I had a I had a big shirt about the shock in Little Rock when Colton Browning had that fourth down scramble in overtime to upset Arkansas. Um as I got older, I matured and and dropped all those teams except for South Dakota State. I still root for South Dakota State. Yeah, you do. Yeah. Tennessee, number one, obviously. Nothing matters anywhere close to as much as them. But then I also root for Butler. I'm a Butler fan, and then I casually am a South Dakota State fan too. But Quinnipiac, we're just going to pick a, a team to root for, I think, in all these conference tournaments. Sounds like your your MAC team is going to be Yeah, I'm riding with Sienna. Sienna. And mine's going to be Quinnipiac. Tell you what, by the way, Rick Pitino. Someone needs to hire him away this offseason. He's far enough away removed from everything else. Yeah. St. John's, if they don't pick up the phone and call Rick Pitino this offseason, they're idiots. I can't I can't think of a better fit and a better introduction back to high major basketball for Rick Pitino than St. John's. How many good years at Iona is it gonna take? I mean, I think as long as he doesn't like well, he might though choke away the conference tournament. I mean, I I think that this should be the year he gets out. But I think either way, there's there's been a good amount of buzz for for Rick Pitino to hit the hit the road this year. And what a first segment! Mid major basketball, Rick Pitino's coaching possibilities, the Mac. Aaron Rodgers is out of his darkness. Oh, he came out of his cave. Mm. Yeah. Mm. All right. Man, Tennessee baseball, though. What a win. What a win. Charlie Taylor. What a guy. Chucky Fourbags. I love that. What a guy. I feel like there was something else that came up in that conversation. Was it leap years? No, it wasn't leap years. It wasn't Tennessee baseball. We touched on leap years. There was something else I wanted to go back, circle back to, but I, I really, I don't know. I can't remember what it is. Oh, yeah. What what Roberto was saying, I hadn't really thought of this at any point this season. 
but absolutely true. I don't. He was saying in probably like you know at least ninety percent of your games. I don't think there's a game all year that yeah that that the other team will have a better starting mm. pitcher than you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I I think that was a good point. I mean, every midweek game you're going to have the better starting pitcher mm-hmm. for sure. Every Friday game you're going to have the better starting pitcher. I mean, when you have the best pitcher in the country on Friday, arguably, then, then yeah, I think you're going to have the better pitcher in, in, in all the Friday games and all the Saturday games. You could probably count on Jason Pierre-Paul's hand how many times we might be outmatched pitching this year. The firework hand, too. Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, like yeah. Not even, the, not even not a full the five. One. Yeah, the, the yeah. one that's like Like three, three and, and a half. half. I don't even know. Like, I, <laughs> I would put the over under of times that Tennessee on paper doesn't have the better pitcher at one and a half, and I would take the under. Probably. Even in your losses this week. Do we even do we even play LSU this year? Yeah, yeah. Okay. And that's a Thursday, Friday, Saturday okay. series. That's what I was trying to think. If they wouldn't have had the preseason injury, maybe on their Saturday guy who got hurt would have would have had the edge. I mean, Paul Skeens and Chase Dolander, like that's about as close as, as, as yeah, anyone would get to Dolander. But I would still lean Dolander. I don't – yeah, I, I mean – There might not be a game, Arkansas – we'll see as the season progresses, I guess, if anyone emerges as – because there will always be a couple of – Maybe an arm or two that, that steps up throughout the year and is like, oh, wait, this guy's a dog. Like that happened last year with like, Drew Beam, for example. Um, but I, yeah, I can't, I can't think of, of any game off the top of my head where Tennessee is really even like at risk of, of having the worst pitcher. I think the closest it'll get all year with the, on, on weekends will be Paul Skeens with Chase Dolander. Pretty cool stuff. And uh, a good call from Roberta. We've been a little all over the place. A little mid-major basketball. A little Tennessee baseball. A little leap year. That's what uh, you get in February. That's what you get in February. You got to do a little mixed bag. This, that. A little everything else. Got to touch all the bases. Touch them all. Just like Charlie Taylor. Taylor. Just like Charlie Taylor. Sam, send us to break. Does your business need storage space? Do you need someone to safely deliver your product? She likes my cowboy hat, but she loves me for my twang. Reminds her of a little hang. When she hears me on the radio, she knows Sam, it's, uh, it's been a minute since we've seen you. Good. Yeah, it has been a while. Feels good to be back. Four or five days, right? Yeah. I mean, weekend included, I guess, but three or four shows. Last time we saw you, it was a glorious victory Thursday. Oh, man. Tennessee had just taken down the, the number one ranked Crimson Tide, which, man, by the way, <laughs> they were in a tough one last night. Yeah, South Carolina taking them to overtime. They had to win essentially at the buzzer. 
pretty much had to be like Brandon Miller versus South Carolina. Beat the case. Now you got to beat the Cox. (sighs) Unbelievable. We'll get into that in a second. Yeah. in the in the time frame in between, Tennessee has gone from from beating the number one team in the country to going on the road, putting up I believe it was nineteen in the first half, yeah. losing to Kentucky, and yeah. then following that up with a disgusting game against Texas A and M on on Tuesday night. So, why do I seem to uh, to leave the show whenever we're in like a very good state athletically? And then, you know, I just go for like four or five days and then it's like chaos happened. I don't know. I don't think it's the first we, time, though. No, it's like the second or third. Yeah, I, I mean, we were rolling. You left the show. Like when we went to Arizona. Came back. We had lost Arizona. Did you uh, You left the show to, to go home before South Carolina? Yeah. Yeah, I had a wedding to go to for South Carolina game, Georgia? but we lost that. Did you miss anything before Georgia? No, I think we were all just here for the Georgia game. Yeah, I think, think Georgia's just I think too that good was just like, uh, yeah, we lost to Georgia. Yeah. I can't blame anything other yeah. than, than Georgia. No, but yeah, it's been, man, you just get up and then you get down with this team. So you're just hoping that we're we're down before all the tournament starts, you know? <laughs> how, do you, uh, how do you view this team now? Uh... It's tough, you know. I I think with you know with Julian Phillips and Josiah Jordan James out, I think that I don't think you can exactly just write off this Tennessee team just yet with those two guys out. Um, but I also I also don't think it's necessarily like realistic to say that you know once those two guys come back, it's like you're guaranteed to make a big run, you're guaranteed to make a big push in the tournament, you could still you could still lay an egg like you've seen us do in a couple of these games here in February. So it's definitely hard to to kind of you know take the best of both of those situations. I think I think this team gets a whole lot better though once you get one of those guys back. Literally just one of those guys back. You get more dynamic on offense. You just I think the offense looks a little stale right now without those two guys in there. I think Phillips and uh, Josiah Jordan James just bring a lot, being able to have that slashing element, a little bit more athleticism on the floor. Uh, Josiah's mid-range game, I think that's just a a big element that's missing from our offense right now, and, and we're really hurting without those guys. So, you know, just getting our guys healthy, and you got, you got three games left. You got probably – you know, you're hoping that you're beating South Carolina, even though they just took Alabama deep last night. But then you got Arkansas and Auburn to finish off the year. Those are two games that are very winnable, but against two solid teams that you just kind of, you know, you want to be able to play some good basketball in those last couple games and have a just a positive feeling going into the SEC tournament. Yeah, I mean, this team's this team's back is, is all the way against the wall. Yeah. Josiah Jordan-James said it last night at a, at a fundraising dinner, but you've lost, what, four out of five? Yeah. Go back even further, you've lost five out of, out of seven games in February. Lost, you know, your, your February started on the first with a loss to Florida. A disgusting game against Auburn that you won. Lost to Vanderbilt, lost to Missouri. 
beat Alabama, lost to Kentucky, lost to A&M. I mean, two and two and five in the month of February is not really where you want to be as a program, right? Uh, when you came into February eighteen and I believe it was eighteen and three, things have not gone well. But yeah, I think it is important to to remember that. You know, this is a different team when they have a healthy Julian Phillips and a healthy Josiah Jordan James. I don't know what if if, if you're going to get a healthy version of either of those two guys, at least fully healthy before the season ends. But I guess also important to consider, like you're a couple buzzer beaters away from it being, a, yeah, you know, a different a, a feeling. Four and and three month of February, which still isn't good, but it doesn't feel. As as dire as it does right now, I mean Texas A and M also grades out as 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 a top five team in the country yeah. and, and better than Purdue. Um, since SEC play started, like if that loss happened in itself, not a bad thing. Like you went on the road as an underdog without multiple starters and lost to a team that ranks out in the top five, like this year ranked teams going on the road to face a ranked but lower ranked team are like significantly under 500 it's just more so the fact that you 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 led and then you blew it and and you had these offensive lulls again and you had bad possessions again and again it's the the fourth loss in five games that's what makes Wednesday feel so much worse than it really is still think this team can get right Still think this team can beat anybody in the country, but um, it's put up or shut up time, I guess. Like uh, at this point, if you want to try to predict where this team's going to go, good luck. You know, you can you can tell me that this team's going to lose in the first weekend, and Rick Barnes, oh, you know, good old March Rick, he's going to lose again. And and you know what fine you can say something like that i can tell you that that they've beaten three of the top five teams in the in the country and they can make a run to the elite eight and and i don't think either of us know either side knows what this team is or what they can be at this point because they are just so inconsistent i don't know i think it's just time to strap in buckle up and, and hop on for the ride and hope it's a good one yeah, but, you know, but it's, there's nothing else that you can really do at this point. You know, is, is is this Tennessee's best team ever? It turns out it's not. And I, I've seen a lot of people flaunting that now. Oh, remember when you guys said this could be the best team ever? Shut up. If you're one of those people, just shut up. Like, uh, the conversation was warranted at that time. Tennessee had not lost four out of their last five games at that time. They were an 18-3 and basketball team that – had, was playing at a level that did warrant that conversation. So for you to go back and dance on it now, it's like, hey, opinions can change as more information's revealed. Like that's how things work. You don't have to just stick to one opinion in, in November when the season tips off and, and stay with it the entire season. As you learn more, opinions change. Um, but yeah, I mean, at this point, I think it is just hope it goes well, and 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 if it doesn't, try to fix it for next year. Yeah, you got it's three more regular season games and the SEC tournament, and then you get to the, you know, you get to March Madness. It's like there's not a whole lot of time left in the in the season to to fix something if you're going to fix it. I feel like so. You know, if if your team if your team clicks, you've seen how good this team can play when it clicks, and if they don't, you've seen how bad they can play. And you know, I think you just got to be prepared for both of those outcomes to happen. Hope that you're somewhere. Closer to the uh, 
to the cooking know. side things, of things. Things continue to kind of get more and more toxic. We'll see if maybe that can even be maybe a motivating factor. I don't know. Yeah, you maybe. saw you call you saw Zakai tweet they uh, support you when you're up and yeah you know, whatever when you're down and for some reason our fan base decided to freak out about that and get super mad. Oh well, you know we we donated a bunch of money to him and now he wants to trash us. Come on, <laughs> really? First of all, like I, I've seen the example thrown around, like oh, we said it was a bad shot. That's not trashing you. Yeah, it's probably not. He's re- well, not what he's referring to when he says people were trashing him. <laughs> yeah. I, he's probably getting all kinds of DMs and, and horrible messages. Not to mention, you know, the same people that are like, oh, you know, he just hey, we said it was a bad shot. How could he freak out about that and, and you know say that saying it was a bad shot was trashing him? No one's saying that saying it was a bad shot is trashing him. It's the other messages and the other tweets that this guy sucks. This guy doesn't deserve to start in the SEC. Take this guy's scholarship. Bench this guy. This team sucks. They're so soft. They play with no energy or effort or you know rick barnes has lost his team when you say stuff like that yeah that's probably going to frustrate a team that is 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 trashing the team so i don't know i, I feel like we pick and choose and then uh, anyway whatever tennessee can still figure it out i still I man i still think you get your starters back and you know, you get in, uh, into some decent matchups in March. You can go on a run to the Sweet 16. You can go on a run to the Elite Eight. You can go on a run in the SEC tournament. But cannot lose to South Carolina Saturday. That needs no. to be a double-digit win. And, in, and anything less will feel disappointing. Yeah. Like that, that needs to be a real a real get-back-right game. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah, you just got to – I think you just got to embrace the unknown in these last couple games. You know, just see what see what see where you can take them because you got a defense that can that can beat anybody. You know, I, f- I feel like that's if you want to have a little bit of silver lining in that whole thing, like you got you got one of the one of the best defenses in the country, probably the best, and you know you can you can string some some things together in March. Some crazy crazier stuff has happened, I'm sure. So I don't know. I think. I don't like how a lot of people are giving up, but I can understand the the feeling of feeling like it's slipping through the cracks. But it, I think we can still. I mean, it is. I mean, it is slipping still, away from you. Like yeah, you can still put things together. You can still pull it back together. I mean, I, I do truly believe that. If this was happening with Julian Phillips and Josiah Jordan James on the floor, I would be much more concerned. Hopefully those guys can make enough of a difference. I don't know. We'll catch a break here, switch gears, talk a little of the uh, Alabama basketball situation on the other side. Hold her up tight. Make a little loving. A little turn loving on a Mason-Dixon night. It's my life. Go so right. Wrapping up, hour one. My guy, Paul and SC tweets. Uh, does Zakai ha- does Zakai deserve to start? His role last year as a spark guy off the bench fits him way more than a starter. I- I've seen this thrown around. I agree, honestly, uh, to an extent. I agree to an extent. I I, I think he deserves to be a starter. I-, I think that he has played like the second best point guard in the SEC most of the most of the SEC schedule 
You know, I, I think when you look at a guy that's averaging over five assists a game, that averages over ten points a game, that has had you know point assists, double doubles. Sure, he's had some turnover issues at times. You know, four and three in the last two games. But I also think the turnovers can be explained to a certain extent due to some lineup deficiencies that are making life a lot harder on him. I mean, you look at, at, at you know the last couple of games, and you have Jemai Meshack and Jonas Adu, and you know you have, you have some guys starting that are a little bit more offensively challenged. Like you just don't have a lot of places to go, and that, and, and life gets even tougher when you're a, a sub six foot point guard. So I think that kind of explains some of the turnovers. I, I think there's been some bad shot selection. I think there has has been some sloppy play, but I think also. He's in a he's in a, a situation that's not doing him any favors, uh, but I think he's played well enough that absolutely he deserves to be a starting point guard. But the second part of your question, Vol and SC, uh, his role as a bench guy fits him way more than as a starter. That I agree with fully. Uh, the role that he was in last year, I think, is still a better one for him. the The problem is that if he's in that role, who's starting? You know, nobody. They're, they're, you just don't have that that point guard and. You know, Tyreek Key, better as an off-ball guy. Same with Santi. B.J. Edwards didn't develop quickly enough. And, and, and Yuri Collins was a guy that was supposed to be your starting point guard until, you know, one of the old message boards leaders over at VolQuest or whatever it was, rivals, messed that up for Tennessee. So, you know, that's not Tennessee's fault either. It's not Rick Barnes' fault. And, and it's just it, – it is what it is where Zakai needs to be your starting point guard. I would absolutely love if Tennessee had – um, a guy to start, and, and then a guy, and, and then you know Zakai could be that guy that still plays twenty-seven to thirty minutes a game off the bench, but it is your spark guy, checks in at the first media timeout, and, and still plays the majority of the game kind of guy. Like I, I love Zakai in that role, and I think it could allow him to to flourish even a little bit more when he's not having to handle such a, a wide responsibility. Um, so it, it, I, again, two headed there. Yes, Zakai deserves to be a starter in the SEC. I think he he's excelled in that role. And the fact that he's just a sophomore, there's a lot more room for him to grow. We've seen him make a ton of strides in his time at Tennessee already. So, I mean, that's a guy that can be an all-SEC starting point guard by the time he's a senior. Maybe Easy. next year he can be an all-SEC point guard. But I still I would still prefer him as your sixth man. Yeah, oh, I agree. He's getting put in some tough situations right now where he's having to get asked to do a lot and, you know, he doesn't have the greatest matchups per se and doesn't have the greatest group around him to be able to to flourish for for a guy his size. You know, it's not easy playing playing SEC basketball for a guy his for a guy his frame. So, you know, I think he's playing as good as he can for for what he's doing right now in the situation that we're in. So, yeah, I, I agree with you. I think if we if we had him coming off the bench as a six man, we would be just that much more dangerous, but we just don't have that luxury this year. So we gotta we gotta roll with it and I think he's making the best of of everything for how much he's gotta play and, and the impact he's gotta make on the floor. Hour one done. Hour two it's on deck. Stay locked into fan run radio. <laughs> 